everybody and welcome to today's episode of The Link Up. I am so excited to have this special guest in the studio today. She is a Mary Monarch Miss Aloha world champion. She's my kumuhula, an amazing wife, mother, daughter, tita and friend. And she also just casually happens to have an undergrad in Hawaiian studies and a master's in education. So without further ado, aloha Kioni Le. <laughs> aloha, aloha my kako. So good to be here. It's so good to have you here. <laughs> I'm so excited to get into everything hula today with you. But before we do, do you maybe want to tell our listeners and viewers a bit more about yourself? Well, like you said, um, I'm a kumuhula here in Aotearoa. Um, I've had my hello here for just over eight years, which is really exciting. Yeah, and um, we can talk about that later, definitely. But it was a, it was not something that I ever imagined would actually happen, mm. especially here far away from home. But right. it's been such a blessing in my life. And um like you mentioned, I'm a former Miss Aloha Hula, or like we say, once a Miss Aloha Hula, always. always. <laughs> um, and so I'm part of a very special group of women in Hawaii who hold that title. Yeah. And yeah, my ohana here, I have three keiki, one on the way very soon. <laughs> Yay. Um, surprise, super surprise. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what what actually what I have. And um but yeah, there's a lot of things about me that I guess I could share, but the main things are that I'm a staunch aloha aina, which means I love my Hawaii, I mm. love my people, and I think that it's an important trait to carry no matter who you are and wherever you are yeah. and whatever ethnicities or mm. um, identifying factors you have about yourself that, right. that you love those things about you and where you come from. Mm. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. And of course... A good friend of yours for quite a while. Yeah, and it's been a long time. I knew you when you were studying your master's. So true, true. That's a while ago. <laughs> a long time yeah. ago. The time I don't want to talk about. Chicken. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, a very long time. And yeah. it's been lovely to also get to know you yeah. as time has gone on. Yeah, yes. you've definitely been a huge blessing in my life in so many different ways. So yeah, I'm really excited to have this with you and um, speak more uh, or talk more I should say um, about the journey of hula which is the mm. title of today's episode um, obviously being someone under you uh, under your tut tutelage and part of your halal that's something I'm really excited to get into <laughs> so I guess for me I like to say that hula um in the pacific world is what ballet is to the european world it has so many facets to it in terms of discipline lifestyle um even just the focus that comes with hula so could you please let our listeners really know what is hula I'm very curious about that term to be honest <laughs> I'm like are you saying we're elitist not <laughs> No, you I'm know. talking about the athleticism of it. I didn't okay. even think of it from that point of view. Wow. But actually, okay, maybe I'll stop. <laughs> Not in a bad way. I mean, I think, okay, so I'll be totally honest. This is this is a story I like barely ever share because it is a little bit embarrassing. But when I was 21, I came here to Aotearoa for an exchange program. Mm. I was down at University of Otago and... 
was meeting all kinds of people, you right. know, the normal sort of New Zealand population yes. that you would meet. And of course, the Pacific yes. diaspora. Here. Very multicultural. Very multicultural, mm. very diverse. And I kept hearing people saying they were New Way in, New Way in. Mm. And literally 21 years old, living in the Pacific my entire life, I hadn't ever heard of New Way. Wow. This is what's so crazy. You know, we think we know, but we don't. Yeah. You know, and, and our perspective is so driven by what we know and yeah. what we've lived. And it's very, like, insular in some ways. Totally. And, you know, Hawaii is already this super isolated Yes. Bunch it's like on islands. the other side of the world. Totally. We, we don't got anybody around us, mm. really. And um, But not to make an excuse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what I'm trying to share is coming here to Aotearoa opened my eyes right. to the comparison between what I knew to be this Pacific culture and specifically Hawaiian culture mm. and the way we do things as Pacific people. Mm. And then really opening my eyes to seeing how the rest of the Pacific kind of roll, right. you know, and how they see the world and mm. what they value. And it was a beautiful thing. But that's why mm. I'm I'm always a little bit um, hesitant to share a little bit about hula in, the, in those kinds of comparisons of right. the ballet of this yeah. world or whatever it is, because... We are very different. Mm. And when I start to kind of get into the nitty gritty of how we're different. Right. It's kind it kind of is what you said. Mm. Like there are things about how we protect our hula and how we teach our hula that are strict. Yes. And have a lot of protocols yes. around them. Yes. <laughs> and the knowledge around um well, just it's all encompassing, mm. you know, and similar to ballet. Like when you yeah. dance ballet, I guess you're a ballerina. Yes. It's your life. Like yes. it's a it's a identifying trait of who you are, of who you are. It's mm. part of who you are. And it's definitely like that with hula, mm. you know, in, in the hula world, there's a common term that is used all the time, which is hula is life. Mm. And I think it kind of came out of a trendy way of. You know, things you could put on a T-shirt and yeah. things like that. But actually, it comes from our kumuhula. It comes from our sources of hula or our teachers right. of hula. Because once you become a hula dancer, you become a poe hula. That's, that's like who you are. Mm. And it drives how you behave and what you believe and so many other things. How mm. you carry yourself in society, right. how you treat others. It's yeah. It's... it's more than just I know these dances and mm. I know how to do these steps. Right. So it's yeah, hula hula's different, I think, but I also don't know enough about other Pacific dance forms to really make a what is that? A An academic comparison. <laughs> I couldn't write a dissertation about it. Let's fair, just say that. Fair. But I definitely have thoughts. Yes. <laughs> and I mean from your lived experiences then what is hula, what does it mean to you? My lived experience? Gosh, yes. I've I've been dancing hula since I was three years old. Right. Um, hula is life mm. for me. And um, I, it's been a driving factor in my life that has driven me to strive for excellence in other areas of my life right. because of the teachings I've had in hula. Mm. 
the discipline I've had in hula. So mm -hmm. in my lifetime, I've had three main kumu hula. Right. Um, I started with um, kumu hula olana ai as mm -hmm. a three-year-old right. all the way till I was nine years old. And if you know anything about, you know, hula in Hawaii, you know, you know that kumu hula olana ai was very good at teaching keiki mm. and disciplining and getting amazing results with right. young children just... Um, the caliber and the level of hula that you see from these keiki are amazing or these children. Yeah. And so I had that, I had that as my first sort of upbringing, you know, yeah. I'm not even kidding you. Seven years old, two week boot camp. We're there from like wow. eight in the morning till like five o'clock at night. We're sent with our lunch, some snacks and a towel and don't come back until this time kind of a thing. I mean, seven years old doing yeah, this kind of that's stuff. Intense. And it's all hula. Right. You're dancing the whole day, you know, and wow. that just shows the level of commitment. But I also think the level of aloha for this dance form, this mm -hmm. art form. Yeah. Um, but really, it's a belief system. I always say mm. that because... There's so many lessons being learned Absolutely. in a hula classroom. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I um, moved to Chinky Mahoy, Kumuhula Chinky Mahoy, when I was nine years old and I danced with him till I was 15. Right. And um, I, I share that, you know, if people know a little bit about hula, they'll know who um, Uncle Chinky is. But he was actually also a like a waka'ama coach. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he did waka'ama, like we call it hoiva'a. Mm. But, um, <laughs> so he was very athletic. Mm. You know, the athleticism yeah. was on a different level. Yes. So I had come from Olana, who was very gentle, and, you know, they're known for very, like, happy faces. Yeah. And and then to Uncle Chinky, where I was running laps, yeah. and it was all about getting this physicality of hula and mm. discipline, Mm. Truly, um, you know, you make a mistake, you go run around the whole building, mm. come back by the next verse. Wow. Or you'll run again. Like, wow. you know, there was yeah. <laughs> there was a whole nother approach. Um, but in that, I always say that through my first two kumuhula, I learned really important um, values mm. that I carried through into my life, into, you know, even just even school. Right. So... My final kumu, who is now still my kumu mm. and will be my kumu until I go myself, is um, Kumu Hula Melia Lobenstein Carter. And I actually started with um, Kumu Melia's grandmother, Auntie May Lobenstein, and I mm -hmm. was had the honor to learn from her for a few months before her passing. And um, this this is like that heart connection right for me mm. I had all the physicality I had the information I needed around how to actually hula mm. and how to be disciplined and right. remember my implements and my costumes mm. and show up I mean I still was kind of eh, about it I used to be called the pointer sister which means the forgetter <laughs> the forgetter sister um but I had, you know, the tools that I needed. But when I came to Melia, it was, that was where I learned the heart of hula. Right. And how your aloha for your kumu and your aloha for this this knowledge that's been passed down and shared with you mm. is, is an honor right. to carry and hold. Mm. 
and to be trusted with that information. And mm -hmm. so I don't take that lightly. Yeah. Um, being a knowledge holder in that way, that it is a kuleana of mine. It's a responsibility of mine mm. for my lifetime now. Yeah. And that's really, hula is this kuleana, basically, that I'm going to carry forever. And, and it's an honor. Kuleana meaning responsibility, but also a privilege and a mm. right and an authority um, to take care, to malama. Yeah. That that ike that knowledge. Mm. So yeah, that's what it means to me. It's wow. never leaving me. Never. I'm like, <laughs> I am processing, but also in awe of just the knowledge you have gained, but also the knowledge and wisdom you choose to share as a kumukula yourself. Um, in terms of the lifestyle, like you said, hula is life those disciplines how have they helped shaped who you are as a person hmm. <laughs> on a really surface level um i see it as almost like etiquette school right okay <laughs> that's cool yeah so like on a surface level i mean i i was raised by my grandma so there was already strictness in yeah. my home if that's a word um but no definitely teaches you how to care for yourself and especially with kumume dia and kumume um there was a real focus for wahine mm. in the halal we didn't have kane in our halal or mm. men in our halal so there was a real focus on lifting up young women right um teaching them how to interact, how mm. to hold themselves high, how to see themselves with respect mm. and yeah, respect yourself. So like on a really surface level, it was how I held myself and right. presented myself, how I dressed even sometimes, mm. you know, I was always really mindful of presentation when I'd go places right. um, because I represented my kumu, right. you know, so things like that. And it's, Things you learn in your family home sometimes too. Mm -hmm. But definitely Hula did that for me. And, um, you know, when you're in the sort of show culture as well and mm. performance and things like that, you learn how to prepare. Right. Um, how to take on responsibilities of managing your time and your things mm. and practicing and mm. all that kind of stuff. And so I actually... Um, for my master's, I did my dissertation on the journey to Miss Aloha Hula. Wow. As being uh, one of the ways that ancient Hawaiian pedagogy are still carried into our modern day right. life. Mm -hmm. And it was through my own personal experience. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not sure how much our listeners would know about any of this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but... um. Typically, you halals aren't really kind of run like dance schools. You know, right, you're not yeah. like signing up online and I'm going to send my kid for this term mm. or, you know, it typically when you were going to learn hula, you were actually approached by a kumu and a kumu oh, wow. actually asked your family or to send you to them to learn. Because it's so. almost like entrusting your child with that person for such a long time. 
Definitely. Especially in, you were saying in ancient culture, you lived with your kumu. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and not only that, but the kumu themselves knew the weight of the the ike or the knowledge that they were going to be passing down or sharing. Right. And so the, the selection mm. of haumana or students was important as well, right? right? That they had the skills to actually do what was necessary. Mm. <laughs> so Miss Aloha Hula is kind of that last kind of remnant of that choosing a haumana to carry some of the knowledge pouring into that haumana mm. in different ways. And at least that was my experience. Not everybody has the same experience. Mm. But I felt so honored to be a part of that process of training for Miss Aloha Hula. That's not yeah. even talking about winning. Like, yeah. this is just the lead up and being selected to mm. have that special time with your kumu mm. and learn from them in that really one-on-one -on -one kind of a way. Mm. And... That experience, I think, made hula a lot more real for me right. in my life. Mm. That this was something that I needed to take seriously. Yeah. And, and not only that, being a native Hawaiian and dancing hula, um, I'm very blessed. I come from a family that know our language and mm. know our culture. That's not that common for us as right. native Hawaiians. However, hula was still something that just propelled me even more mm. into that interest of knowing who I was and who my ancestors are and honoring them in what I do. Mm. And obviously passing it down as yeah. well is a whole nother, whole nother responsibility that yeah. I don't think anyone's ready for, right? Being a parent. Mm. Um, but even just having the responsibility of passing that knowledge to your children and holding on to it for them. Right. So anyway, I've kind of gone off a little bit. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, <laughs> so as you were saying, your dissertation was in the journey to Miss Aloha Hula, mm. and you are a Miss Aloha Hula <laughs> now. So you actually won, and with everything that you did, what has the journey of being a champion looked like for you in terms of how you give back? Mm, that's an interesting question. Um, I think the first thing is the fact that I was given that opportunity, I was able to identify it mm. as this really special, really special thing for Hawaiians. Mm. You know, because I think... If you know anything about Mary Monarch, you know, it, they call it the Olympics of Hula. It's sometimes can be seen as just like a competition, mm -hmm. you know, and it's the best competition. Yeah. <laughs> just putting that out there. The so best great. competition yeah. in the world. But, you know, it's a competition. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you a lot of times the focus is on sort of the rivalry or yes. who won. And I think the beauty of going through the process of training for Miss Loha Hula was me seeing so much more than who won. Right. That wasn't actually the conversation. Mm. And to be honest, never once did my kumu ever say like, oh, you better win. Mm. Or I hope you win. Or, you know, if you don't win, then it wasn't worth it. Or yeah. no, none of those. That actually like was an afterthought yeah. was the winning. Mm. You know, it was about the journey. It truly right. was. And 
So, for example, you you do a kahiko number and a wana number as Ms. Lohula, and and every kumu has their own approach. Mm. Sometimes kumu pick the songs for their haumana. Sometimes the haumana chooses or the student chooses. Mm. Um, for me, I was given the opportunity to feed into what I'd like to dance. And mm. for me, you know, I was 23 years old. <laughs> I was all about repping the island I was from. I had this complex that, you know, nobody ever talked about how great Oahu was. Yeah. They always just want to say too many tourists and it's too busy. And I had all this aloha for this place that I was from. And so I wanted to dance about that. But the beauty of that journey was I got to learn more about my home. I mm-hmm. Through my kumu, she introduced me to other kumu who could share stories about mele or songs yeah. about Oahu, stories about Oahu. And um, I ended up dancing for the goddess of fun. Mm. Her name is Mamala. And her story of drinking ava and surfing <laughs> and lovemaking and playing konane, which is like a board game in Hawaii. Mm. And just this this really jovial, fun attitude, which everybody seemed to think fit me very well. (laughs) Um, But I I enjoyed the journey of Mm. learning my culture, learning my history, learning through these these ideas about goddesses or mythology, Mm. what was important to my people. Right. You know, back then and how they saw the world and definitely drove how I see myself now. I Hmm. I definitely think fun is important. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm all about that, you know, the joy. And our halal has a lot of fun, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, it's... The other other part of it was as a young 23-year-old, I also really wanted to win, and not just for me, but because I wanted to win for my kumu. Hmm. And it kind of creates... You start to understand when you have this special time with your kumu, mm-hmm. how awesome these people are, yeah. you know, how much they know and how much they're willing to share and pour into you mm-hmm. and aloha you and love you. And and that's why we always say hala is like a ohana. It's like mm-hmm. a family because it is, mm-hmm. you know, a kumu hula doesn't take on students and people just like a randomly it's yeah random it's not place. like oh yeah pay your money pay your tuition whatever i mean mm-hmm. for most kumu you know it's come and i'm actually like when i say yes you can be my homana i'm saying yes to taking care of you for mm-hmm. however long that's gonna be and i think that's such a beautiful thing to yeah. have that and even when i see my first kumu hula my first two kumu hula you know they still remember me and say aloha and joke with me a little bit you know obviously it because I went to move on and learn from others but there's so much aloha between right you know they understand the journey of hula Mm. and the journey of the dancer and you go where you're meant to go kind of a thing I love having this conversation with my own kumuhula and I guess leading into my next question you are my kumuhula here in Aotearoa what was that journey in becoming a kumuhula like for you? Okay, so <laughs> it's actually still a journey that I'm mm. on. And it's interesting because in in Kumu Media's um, 
hula genealogy and our understanding, a lot of time it's about giving a blessing to go ahead and teach. And so basically eight odd, over eight years ago, I called my kumu and I said, oh, I have these five wahine or these five women who are really interested in learning hula. Mm. And... um I'm just not sure, like, yeah. what I should do. I told her, like, could I teach them? But can it just be, like, a community group kind of thing? Yeah. Like, you know, this is me yeah. <laughs> trying to shy away from the responsibility of anything. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like a hula group. Yeah. You know, this is what I'm telling my kumu. And she's like, hmm. <laughs> well... What she says first, why don't you ask them like why they want to learn hula? Yeah. And so we go out, we have dinner. Um, it was a group of wahine that had kind of been pulled yeah. together by our OG five. <laughs> our OG five, that's right, from the hello. And pulled together by this one wahine, Robin, who had approached me and who I was actually tutoring in Olelo Hawaii. Right. Um, and that's how we had met. And then I guess, you know, they found out slowly, mm -hmm. oh, she dances hula, oh, she's the, you know. Maybe we'll ask her if she'll teach us. So basically, when I asked them why they wanted to dance hula, their answers floored me with their aloha for wanting the authentic version and mm -hmm. wanting to do hula justice yeah. and to have a genuine relationship with the ike, with the knowledge, and, and to not be as we say in Hawaii, making any kind, you know, just... <laughs> Just doing it to do it, you no know. They, yeah. <laughs> you know, they really were sincere. Mm. And so I went back to my kumu and I said, okay, they, you know, this is what they would like to learn. Mm. And she said, well, if you're willing, then I think it would be a beautiful thing to teach them. And I said, oh, well, I'll just be like the ala, like I'll just alakai them. Like I'll just be this kind of like pseudo leader kind of situation. And what she told me was, well, but you're going to be their kumu. Mm. You know, mm. are you ready to do that? And she basically asked me if, if, if you are going to say yes, then you take care of them. Mm. They're your responsibility. You malama them from now on. Mm. And I really took that to heart, you know. Right. And so I still really, really hesitate with the term kumu hula because... Mm. I know there's still so much more that I can learn myself and and I'm excited to still learn from my kumu because yeah. thank you, Lord, she's still here with us yeah. and I can ask her questions and all of that. And so my journey hasn't ended either, but mm. definitely teaching, having a hello here has been one of the most enriching experiences in my life mm. that was so unexpected. And it, it's not like it was fully like, oh, I never want to be a kumuhula. No. In second grade, when they asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I said kumuhula. <laughs> and I drew my little ipu and me playing my ipu. So, you know, it's not like... It's been the dream it's for been a while. little bit yeah. there and yeah. I've been in denial, yeah. definitely. <laughs> but, um, yeah... I love hula. Like, I mean, it's something funny my mom always shares. And I, I bring it up because it's a good reminder for me. Mm. It's not so much a showing off kind of thing. Mm. But she always would say, you know, I, I went away to school in Colorado. And right. I've gone away all the time. Yeah. I've come here for school even. But she always says, oh, when you come home and I would dance in a show, my kumu would always let me go and, oh, just jump in the line yeah. or whatever it is. She's like, oh, you're 
face, you know, just shines so bright. And this light is just mm -hmm. shining when you're dancing hula. You just love it. So my mom always used to say, like, since you're a baby, like, you just love dancing hula. And I do feel that, like, mm -hmm. beyond anything, when I dance hula, it's like this overwhelming sense of joy and contentment with mm -hmm. the world and myself and and also an opportunity to share so much aloha with others mm -hmm. you know and I've I've always felt that yeah but never was able to articulate mm -hmm. what a blessing it's been in my life until more recently wow. but yeah <laughs> amazing what has it been like for you teaching in Aotearoa compared to being back in your homeland Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, the differences even, you know? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, I've never, I've never had a hello in Hawaii, mm. obviously, um, back to my story. And I don't know what that might look like for me in the future, but definitely teaching hula here in Aotearoa, there was so much more backstory mm. that I think I've had to share yep. and ensure that my haumana my students understand before yeah. we can move on to mm -hmm. anything. And so I, the goals of Halau have changed, obviously, through the eight years here right. in Aotearoa. Yeah. At first, I kind of started just trying to introduce these, these ideas mm -hmm. and these practices and how we're meant to behave. You know, all those things I talked about before. Yeah. It's like when you're teaching people in adulthood already who haven't actually seen hula their whole lives right. being done around them or being surrounded by it, everything's new. Mm. And I realized really quite quickly how much I had to explain right. to ensure that we got the results we needed mm. um, because I wasn't about to have a hello with my name on it that was doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Right. And so, you know, we... We do things a little bit differently here, obviously. Mm -hmm. And like you would know that even just trying to get our traditional adornments can mm -hmm. sometimes be challenging. Yes. <laughs> um, but we do our best mm -hmm. to do the best that we can yeah, here. But I definitely think there's another aspect to it of respecting this place, this mm -hmm. aina in which we dance hula. And that's definitely been a huge part of our journey in the last three, four years. Yeah. Now we kind of know the steps. We know a little bit about our hula history, our mm -hmm. hula family. Okay, now it's how do we responsibly dance hula in another aina, in another land, right. and bring honor to this aina and mm -hmm. the people of this aina, as well as maintaining our protocols and our ways yeah. of, of learning to Hawaii yeah. so it's it's a duality there definitely yeah I definitely know that when like I've grown up around performing arts for the majority of my early life but it wasn't until I joined the halal and you became my kumuhula that I started to be very different in the way I did hula because before I was like oh yeah I'll just make up a dance with like Hawaiian moves and like we'll go perform it at church or whatever Whereas now there's such a huge, like, once you know now the you knowledge, know <laughs> like, now that you know it, you're like, oh, we shouldn't be doing that. Or, oh, why do people do that without knowing? <laughs> or giving the proper respect that is called for 
when it comes to this stuff because people like everyone can do something they like that looks pretty mm. but whether you actually give honor where it's due is another thing and or even just giving it the proper respect or reverence that it deserves because these aren't like small things like these are lineages and you know genealogies that have come down through the ages and mm. when you're getting that shared to you you have a responsibility to take that on board yeah definitely. yeah so it's definitely been sobering for me <laughs> yeah it's funny because I just had a conversation with um a very high up there dance professional let's just leave it at that and she said something that was beautiful. She's actually a Tangata Finua, but she said it's it's a Tanga. Yeah. I see that. Mm. And so it's you can't just write it down in a book and then somebody else can do it and then the next person can do it and right. just share in that yeah. way. It it has to be cared for mm. and certain people care for that. Mm. You know, it's it's definitely a concept that is very foreign for a western guys because you know in a western society anything can be bought or sold or yes owned yeah you know Mm. and hula is not one of those things Mm. although there are people who kind of dance and and there is beauty in that as well i think you know there's there's that saying you know imitation is a form the best form of flattery Mm. Not all Hawaiians will agree. (laughs) But we can definitely see the aloha. People see hula and they see the beauty. They Mm. see... Many will say they feel even Mm. this spirituality, this healing when they dance, our Mm. form of dance. Um, But you and I both know that until you kind of know a little bit more and you're taken on that journey... Mm. Um, that's just scratching the surface. What you're feeling is really just the surface of how amazing hula is. And, and that's why I say that I feel that hula is this extension of aloha, is this extension of that value, Mm. uh, that if you treat it properly and you take care of it, that Mm. it will aloha you in your life and anything that you do. I've had people say to me, oh, Sha, you're such a purist or you're such a traditionalist. But I'm like, actually, people like me help anchor what was or help continue on um, the old ways that are actually really important to things that that matter to our cultures. Um, and I'm not trying to, like, gatekeep. I'm just saying there is a time and place for everything. And... Honoring those things is actually important to moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, well, gatekeeping is also a really um, Western idea anyway, because yes. the whole premise, right, if we go back to what I shared before of Kumu picking students mm-hmm. was also around protection. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just about, oh, I only like you or... You know, it was about who can handle this information, who can carry this forward, who's going to hold these responsibilities. Mm. And these are things that you start to get into when you take your hula seriously. Yeah. And yeah, I don't want to say it's it's only in hula because it's not. I mean, I know that these kinds of systems live in 
definitely in other Pacific cultures Absolutely. around our, mm. our forms and different forms of art or music or mm. song or dance or, yeah, any kinds of cultural protocols. You know, you can mm. think of hundreds. Like, if yes. you just really think about it, you yep. wouldn't just rock up to an ava ceremony and be like, I'll sit here and yeah. serve the ava. Like, <laughs> no. No, you're not. <laughs> and it's not about gatekeeping. It's about you not being embarrassed because yeah. you're doing it wrong or exactly. whatever it is, right? So. It's very similar with hula. Why wouldn't it be? Mm. Why why would it be any different, you know? Exactly. And and unfortunately sometimes it's it's our own people kind yeah. of confusing the lines and blurring the lines a mm. little bit and um but you know, we all have we can all receive the grace of learning. Yeah. If we're willing to learn, Absolutely. if we're willing to understand. Yeah. So I definitely didn't understand fully how mm. important it was to take care of this knowledge and mm. also to be really mindful who I'm teaching as well right until I started yeah and then I was like whoa should I be sharing this yeah you know with anybody mm, maybe not mm. you know and it's it's not about gatekeeping mm. it really isn't it's about kuleana and that's actually the conversation we've been having in our halal probably for the last year mm. right is if you're going to dance hula, it's not enough to dance hula because you love Hawaii yes. and you think Hawaii is so beautiful and mm. it's a paradise and you want to visit there all the time. And it makes you feel so happy to see the, <laughs> the waves and the trees and the, you got to love Hawaiians too. Yeah. You know, love all the Hawaiians, mm. whatever situation they're in and be an advocate, be an ally. Absolutely. For our people, if you're going to dance this hula, mm. you know, there's so much to think about. Yeah, because you, know? you have a responsibility when you're learning these beautiful art forms from these cultures to actually represent the people as well and be a voice for them, especially if they don't have a voice or it's not being heard. Yeah, yeah, mm. definitely. And I think once you start dancing hula, you start to really understand the blessing. Absolutely. And definitely in our hello, our ohana, our hula ohana, we are such a ohana to each other. Mm. And the way that we react and, and treat each other, all of those values are based in Hawaiian culture. Yeah. You know, and that's why it's working that way. Mm. And that's the beauty that we get to see when we're together mm. and spend time with one another. And... And even have our ohana from Hawaii come and pour into us every yeah. once in a while. It's just so amazing mm. to have those times together. And that's when I definitely am, I don't want to say I'm so proud to be Hawaiian, but I feel so blessed mm. to have these value systems in my culture yeah. that bring so much peace and aloha to people who mm. are not in my culture. Yeah. And I know it's a very controversial topic and not all <laughs> yeah. Hawaiians will agree with me. Definitely. Yeah. You mm. know, and and I understand that. I understand that way of thinking really well mm. as well. Like I, I get that. Um, but at the same time, when I see people's lives being changed mm. through our knowledge and through our practices, it's hard for me to think they shouldn't have that opportunity. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. But it's, it's a huge responsibility mm. because I am responsible now for yeah. these people I've taught. Mm. And that's, 
yeah. can be overwhelming. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> or I can't imagine, actually. Because <laughs> that is a lot. But it is wonderful to be one of your homeowner, wonderful to be under you. Um, I really want to go back to, because I mentioned lineage and genealogy. Can you mm. share a bit about that and how it relates to hula? Because... Most people won't understand that. True, true. Um, so you have your own lineage, right? Mm -hmm. Your ancestors, so yeah. who you share blood with. Right. In a hula context, you have hula genealogy. Mm -hmm. So basically who you've learned hula from. Mm -hmm. It's interesting because if you take Mary Monarch, for example. Right. And you're watching. If you're a real hula buff, like mm -hmm. if you know hula history, Every time you see a kumu hula come up, you know who their kumu was and who their kumu's kumu. Right. And all of that matters because it basically when you see them dance, you're looking for their kumu. Right. And um, so when you see like a certain move that you know that kumu does, it's like, what's the word? Um, it kind of, it just re-emphasizes the beauty of what they're sharing and what they're presenting. And who it came from. And who it came from. Mm. And it's funny, one of my, a very famous uncle of mine, I won't mention his name, but when I was running for Miss Lohula, I was all up in my academic space. So yeah. like I had found this really, I mean, amazing poetry. I had found yeah. this song in one of the Hawaiian newspapers. And I was like, Oh, uncle, can you like put a melody to this? You know, I just think it's so beautiful. And <laughs> it just still cracks me up to this day. He basically puts his hand on the paper and he like moves it out of the way. And he's like, nobody wants to see this. <laughs> and I was like, crushed. Okay. <laughs> but um, then he goes on to say, baby, they don't want to see you. They want to see your kumu and your kumu's kumu when you get on that stage. Wow. That's what they want to see. And in that moment, it was like, it was humbling, yeah. it, but it was beautiful because I I, I connected with that yeah. straight away. I resonated with that idea. Yes, I want to show my kumu and mm. my kumu's kumu. And I do. I want to be this representative. I just want to be this vessel. Like, mm. I don't want them to even see me, you right. know? And... Um, it just still cracks me up to this day when I think about that lunch. He just was fully like, mm, nobody wants to see that. <laughs> but it's true. Like, even sometimes when I look back at my Miss Lohula Awana, mm -hmm. I, I can never watch myself dance. I used to I, I cringe <laughs> and I just don't want to see it. I don't know why, because we all love to watch you dance. <laughs> but it just, I always, like, yeah. since I was small, um, I'd love to dance for people, yes. though. Don't get me wrong. But watching myself, oh, cringe. But I could watch myself wow. on that. And I think because when I was watching, I really saw my kumu. Like, I was like, oh, I look like me. Or I look, you know, that was so cool, you know. And I appreciated mm. that he had, my uncle had poured into me in that way. To yeah. just really remind me what was important. And, and that's part of hula is yes. this genealogy that you uphold right. these practices and you continue them. Mm. And that you don't kind of muddle you know, because every style, every genealogy, every hula family has something unique yeah. to share and say absolutely um, about our history, about our culture, mm. and about where they come from. And mm. so it's so cool. And 
It's like right now in the Mary Monarch sort of main halal lineups, right. we've got a couple halal that have husband, wife, husband and wife kind of kumuhula yeah. combos right. going on. From different... But they have come from different hula genealogies. genealogies. Right. But it's like when you see them come together and you see their choreography and you'll see one move from one hula ohana and then another move from a different hula ohana. It's like, oh, that looks so good, yeah. you know, together and recognizing those things that they've kept the purity of these motions and mm. these moves and still managed to put them together in these yeah. beautiful ways. Oh, it gives me like. Sorry, we call it chicken skin, but goosebumps, <laughs> you know? It's like, it just gets you so excited yeah. to see, in a way, an evolution of our hula, yes. and yet still maintaining these cultural practices and protocols. It's, it's so cool. Wow, that has been so much information and knowledge and wisdom to take in. And I'm so grateful that you've been able to come on the podcast and share all of this it's phenomenal i don't have another word for it um but before we wrap up do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners and viewers i'm just really excited to have an opportunity really yeah. to talk about hula um, with this large sort of audience not necessarily hawaiians or people interested in hula so mm. that's cool i think the main things are um, you know, whenever you're sort of interacting with indigenous knowledge and information, it's important to have a take a step back and mm. think about the kupuna, yeah. you know, the ancestry, the lineage of the, this, these ways of thinking, you mm. know, and just keeping in mind that this is hundreds and hundreds of years of of energy and mm. knowledge and wisdom mm. in these forms mm. you know it's not just some yay we're gonna do this fun little thing yep. and anybody can do it I just really want to you know can you just come and quickly do something like that right. but just really showing respect for what people can or can't share and don't be afraid to ask the questions mm of what is appropriate and what might not be. Because yeah. I think sometimes people are nervous because they don't want to be told no. Right, yeah. So I think the biggest thing is don't be afraid to be told, no, you can't do something. Mm. Um, be afraid that you'll do something you shouldn't be doing, mm. <laughs> you right. know? So ask the questions so that you can, if you are so privileged and um, blessed to have the opportunity to learn, that mm. you learn for real. That wow. you're that yeah. you're gonna have Absolutely. that full experience that mm. you're meant to have, mm. you know, with nothing being taken away. Mm. So I guess that would be my last sort of thing, you know. If you ever want to engage with yeah. these types of um, knowledge bases or art forms, you mm. know, just be mindful of those kinds of things. Yeah. I don't have any final thoughts to add to that because you said it all. This has been one of the best conversations I've ever had. I absolutely love and adore you and thank you so much for coming on and sharing. Um, oh, mahalo yeah. for having me, Isha. It's yeah, great to it's, be here. It's 
the best. I've <laughs> really enjoyed this and I'm excited for our next episode. We get to talk about other stuff together. That would be so awesome. Um, so mahalo nui kumu for joining us and mahalo for everyone who tuned in to listen or view this episode. If you have any questions or any feedback or even any topics you'd like us to discuss, email us at info at thelinkup.co.nz or send us a DM via our IG or TikTok uh, social media pages. We will see you next time at The Link Up. Aloha. This episode was proudly brought to you by Blue Wave TV. Executive producer, Fui Maono Martin Anai. Executive producer and host, Anisha Ipanesa. Episode special guest, Producers, Ryan Batsumaka, Hannah Schmidt, Daisy Dean Anai. Director, podcast and content creator, Anisha Ipanesa. Editor, Ryan Batsumaka. Graphic designs, Ryan Batsumaka, Enola Bayer. Set design, Daisy Dean Anai, Ryan Batsumaka, Hannah Schmidt, Anisha Ipanesa. Original music, Lightsaber. Special thanks to our production company, Blue Wave TV.